0: Evening everyone, my name's Ron, and uh, I'm going to get to ask Chris some of your fantastic questions. There's a lot that have come in here. Some of them are fairly similar. Yeah. How can Jesus forgive the sins of the paralyzed man when there is no visible sign or record of repentance? And along with that, perhaps, goes this other question that's been asked a couple of different ways, is what about the man's faith, or the faith of them, their faith, I think is what verse 5 says. Who has faith here, and how does this all work? How does the forgiveness work?
1: Okay, uh, so, whoever's asking these questions got their theology hats on, they're looking at Scripture, when we're called to repent and believe in Jesus, we're told to, to turn away from what we've been doing, and we're called to have faith in Him, that's the kind of language, and it It's easy, I think, for us to read this story and think that's because it says "them." It's the faith of the friends up there. I think it's a collective "them." Like they're all showing an enormous amount of faith here. And I think, if I can just distinguish what faith means, I'm never succinct in Q and A. Sorry. Uh, Faith, best English word I think, a common word that we use today is just trust. They trust Jesus. They know if they do this, He is able to heal. And their trust is such that Jesus is like, great, you put your trust in me, you can get even more than you bargained for. And I think that's true for anyone that becomes a follower of Jesus, that puts their trust in him. He gives us so much more than we initially realize, And then even after decades, he's still giving us more than we really realize.
0: So the one-way journey of the man, huge
1: sign of trust
0: in Jesus. Yeah. Do you want to comment on the repentance issue? Like, was there repentance?
1: That was one of the other questions. Ron, I'm pretty sure I skipped that part on purpose. <laughs> Thanks, man. So the answer is um, no. Okay. No, I mean, uh, yeah, I think uh, if, if we're thinking about repentance in terms of stopping sinning, we've misunderstood what repentance is talking about. Repentance literally it just means 180 degree turn. So you're going this way, you turn this way. And I think this paralyzed man could have been going anywhere, but he's turned towards Jesus. That's his repentance, when he turns towards Jesus. And that's all that any of us are called to do as well. It's not like clean yourself up and then come to Jesus so he can make you clean again. It's just turn to Jesus in your mess and let him do the work. Great.
0: All right. Uh, let's move on to a different topic. Does Jesus imply that this man's paralysis is a result of his sin or does he phrase it that way to make a point of his authority?
1: The latter. Yeah. <laughs> I think uh, a few times in the Gospels, Jesus shuts down any idea that if you are suffering or you have a physical ailment, that's proof of your sin. He, he says in uh, several different places, that's not the correlation. Just because somebody's suffering doesn't mean they're somehow sinful. Uh, so I don't think when he says your sins are forgiven, he's trying to say you are injured because of sin. I think he's taking this opportunity to teach a really important lesson for the crowd there and subsequently for 2,000 years worth of Christians. Awesome. All right. What do you think the Pharisees would have done
0: with the fact that they witnessed this healing by one who claimed authority?
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, you can't stay in the middle after you see something like that. Uh, you have to account for how he did this miracle. And so later, pretty sure in Mark as well, uh, they start saying that he's casting out demons by the power of Satan. Uh, they start, they don't deny the power, they just start questioning where the authority comes from because it's too uncomfortable for them to accept that this could actually be the Son of God. Some of the Pharisees, some of the leaders do decide, no, Jesus really is the Son of God and we see them become Christians, but, uh, for some of them that's too painful an idea. And so they have to make up different scenarios. It's the very next chapter, actually. So oh, I it does tie I've right I've read in. Mark. It's fine. <laughs> Good on you. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, boss.
0: Yeah. Sorry. That sounded not how I intended it. I do apologize. Uh, what, what's the connection between Jesus forgiving the man's sin and healing him physically?
1: I think, to say it really quickly, uh, whenever Jesus heals somebody in the New Testament, he's giving what we call the first fruits or a little taste of what's coming uh, in the new age in heaven. When, when, God, when Jesus returns to set everything right, that's what we're anticipating every time we see a healing story. doesn't mean that everyone is always healed physically in this life, uh, but that when we see a healing like that, it's a little taste of heaven, essentially. And so uh, the spiritual reality of our forgiveness, already true, he's forgiven. The physical healing, that's more of a taste of what's to come.
0: Yeah, so a sign of the coming of the kingdom, which Jesus announced in chapter 1. We see those signs throughout. It's not all here, it will all come in the future, so they're a taste of what's coming. Yeah, nice. I like that. Can I say that without it being... <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, wh- why does Jesus care which is easier to say, i.e. because one is visible and one is invisible? He can obviously do both.
1: I think uh, by proving he could do one impossible thing, by proving it, you can see the results. The, the rationale is, then you can trust me to do the other impossible things as well. That's, did I? Do you want me to say it again? I'm trying to be succinct. Say it again. Okay. <laughs> uh, you think all these things are impossible. I've just shown you this one is not impossible. So now you're more likely to believe me when I say this one's not impossible for me as well. Awesome. Uh, circle right back. This is our last question, but circle back to the first one.
0: The paralyzed man didn't seem to say sorry at any point. Did he need to? How do we think about saying sorry to Jesus. It's tied in with repentance and faith and all those things, but a little bit different. Do you want to comment on that?
1: Yeah, sure. I'd love to, actually. Only you would. Uh, <laughs> I just think this is an indication of how overwhelmingly generous Jesus is. He's not just, I don't know, you have a fight with somebody and they just maybe for you to apologize, and then they'll kind of forgive you, but it doesn't really feel like it because you knew you had to do something first. Like His love is such that it's already taken care of. He's absolutely already forgiven you. He's not waiting for us to check the right boxes. He's just, I mean, that's how simple it is to have faith in Jesus, to start turning to him and depending on him. And uh, I'll start preaching another sermon so maybe I'll just stop. All right. Give, I, I think, give me 30 seconds. Being a father has really changed this for me. Like the idea of how incredibly hopeless and helpless kids are. I didn't get it as a kid. I thought I was incredibly confident. They're not. Sorry if you consider yourself a kid here. Like there's just how one way my relationship is with my kids uh, is giving me a, a, a taste of how overwhelmingly one way our relationship is with Jesus. Like He just doesn't need things from us. He just wants us to trust him. That's it.
0: Wonderful. Thank you, Chris. His grace is so supreme. And uh, I remember learning that as a young father and continue to learn that in many ways. Uh, and what we're about to do now actually just takes us further in thinking about God's grace and the forgiveness of sin that Chris has preached about. We're going to share in uh, what we call Holy Communion or the Lord's Supper, this great meal that we celebrate together to remember just how complete and how thorough is the forgiveness of sin that Jesus offers and that he offers it to us that he gives it to us, and because of that forgiveness of sin, we participate in the body of Christ together. Uh, and that's just incredible uh, good news for us. One of the things that I think is really helpful for us when we hear a message like we have tonight about forgiveness and about the completeness of that, is that it actually gives us confidence to come to our gracious God and confess to him. Because there's no fear in confessing. We know that we're met with forgiveness when we come to him in faith and confess.